You filled your belly. I couldn't eat another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Now fill your brain with lightning knowledge. What can I do to speed the whole thing up, doctor? This is Lightning Lunch, a full hour of lightning talk with lightninginsider.com's Eric Erlinson. Did you see the memo about this? On Lightning Power Play. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Lightning Lunch here on Lightning Power Play as we kick off another week of full hockey talk, Tampa Bay Lightning talk. A lot to talk about as we look back on the weekend that was in the NHL and, of course, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, a couple of back-to-back games in the midst of this busy, busy schedule. So we'll talk about what we saw on Saturday in Philadelphia, what we saw last night in New Jersey. We'll ask the question, has the offense gone dry? We'll discuss that. We'll take your questions as we always do, your comments. If you have a topic that you would like me to discuss as well, you can always find me on Twitter. Use the hashtag ask. E-E, or you can tag me directly. My handle on Twitter is at Eric underscore Erlinson, and it's E-R-I-K underscore E-R-L-E-N-D-S-S-O-N. That's where you can find me. Of course, you can email me as well. That's Eric at LightningInsider.com, and once again, that's Eric with a K at LightningInsider.com. Lightning split games over the weekend. Defeating the Philadelphia Flyers one to nothing on Saturday, and then dropping last night's game uh, in Philadelphia. Sorry, in New Jersey. That was a three-one final, but it was really a two-one game, as New Jersey scored into the open net with less than a second left on the clock. So that's two goals in the past two games. Of course, last night also snapped the franchise record tying 10 consecutive wins for Tampa Bay. Put them right back into the thick, actually a pretty comfortable setting, to be honest. And we'll go over what that 10-game winning streak means to this team. It was another historical marker, another historical group that... The Lightning joined when it comes to that 10-game winning streak. Also pass along, as this is just coming out, that Andre Vasilevsky has been named the NHL's first star of the week. Posted the back-to-back shutouts. Shut out the Coyotes on Thursday and the Flyers on Saturday. Also picked up the win on Tuesday in Vancouver or against Vancouver. So he finished the week with a 3-0 record, a .67 goals against average, 972 save percentage, and, of course, those two shutouts. And, uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it. Fantastic week for Vasilevsky, who now, believe it or not, leads the league in wins. How about that? Just as the struggles we've talked about with the Lightning, the ups and downs and the inconsistencies, I think it's fair to say that Andre Vasilevsky has gone through his fair of ups and downs and inconsistencies as well. 
And lo and behold, he now leads the league in wins by a goaltender. Uh, we do have confirmation today. We're going to get Corey Long on the phone. If you were listening on Friday, uh, he had left his phone at home. And he was out and about and uh, wasn't. we weren't able to catch up with Corey on Friday. So we'll do that sometime around the 12.30 point of the show and get some of Corey's takes on what he's seen with this team and what he thinks of this team, who are back in action tomorrow, 7 p.m. against the L.A. Kings. The Kings, by the way, have been in town since, I think, Saturday. I think they arrived in town on Saturday. So they were here yesterday. They were just finishing up their practice on the ice here at Amley Arena. So they've been in town. The lighting are off today. So we'll see a full morning skate tomorrow. Maybe get some injury updates. We'll keep an eye on what's going to go on with Ryan McDonough, who has missed the past week. Pat Maroon missed the game last night after he was injured Saturday in Philly. Andre Pilat did return to the lineup last night in New Jersey. So that was a good sign to see after he took a couple of hard hits this week. Took the hit from Jake Vertanen late in the game against Vancouver and then in the game against Arizona. Uh, took another hard hit in that game as well. Uh, so he just missed the one game on Saturday in Philadelphia. So that's a good good sign for him. Alex Volkoff was called up over the weekend. Boy, we have a lot more to discuss than I thought. I thought I was going to have to kind of weave and bob my way through this, this show today. But uh, looks like there's plenty to discuss uh, on the show. Uh, I also want to, if we have time, to discuss the situation between the Flames and the Oilers, the Battle of Alberta, which during its heyday of that rivalry between those two teams, which are only about two hours apart from each other, harkened back to some of those rivalry days that they were some really pretty nasty games between those two teams back in the 80s in particular. And it's heated up again. Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cashian over the weekend. Kachuk with a couple of hits on Cashian in that game. A couple of hits that were on the borderline. Zach Cashian didn't appreciate them. And then Cassian apparently had had enough late in that game and went after Kachuk. And ironically enough, it's going to be Cassian that gets a hearing with the league today for what they're tagging as an aggressor rule. There is this rule that's in place where if you do what Cassian did, and you can criticize Kachuk, and I'm sure plenty of people have and will continue to do so because after a couple of those hard hits, he did not want to engage in a fight. Zach Cassian didn't care about that and just started throwing haymakers around and tossed Chuck around despite all that was going on with the officials trying to 
step in and, and prevent that from happening. So it will be Cassian that gets the call from the league today. And the precedent is set. It was a situation a couple years ago, ironically enough, involving the Oilers with Darnell Nurse, who had a similar situation, and, and Nurse ended up getting a two-game suspension. So we'll see what happens with that in terms of Cassian, who does have a meeting with Department of Player Safety later today. And I would expect that Cassian ends up with a suspension of some sort. And I believe these two teams, Calgary and Edmonton, are scheduled to play each other again in, is it this weekend coming up? So if Cassian is not suspended for that game, I would expect some more fireworks come come Saturday, I believe it's Saturday when these two teams meet. So we'll talk about that a little bit. If you have an opinion on that, by all means, reach out to me and let me know too. I know there's some old school thinking and there's some new school thinking when it comes to how all that is going to play out or how that does play out and how you think about it. So that's on the agenda too, if we can get to it. That's shot it pretty good there, but st I still have some thoughts on that as well. Maybe we'll ask uh, Corey Long as well about that a little bit later in the show. All right, let's look back on Saturday's game against the Flyers. And I want to pose this question to you guys as well. You know, I kind of half joke there about the Lightning offense drying up two goals in two games. But I do want to know, because let's face it, the game Saturday against the Flyers not the most exciting game in the world. Not a lot of action. Wasn't even a lot of hits going on. So it wasn't even a ton of physical play. It was a tight checking game. Flyers blocked, I think, 23 shots in that game. And then last night against the Devils, again, Lightning had the puck a lot, but didn't wasn't exciting. So are you okay with the Lightning playing that kind of style from time to time? Look, you're not going to get nine goals every night. Feels that way sometimes. But are you okay with a boring game as long as the Lightning win? Is, is, is Lightning wins all that matters here? You don't get style points. Get two points in the standings. Was it just a situation where, look, I, I think the Lightning are a little bit of a fatigued team right now as well. They're in the midst of a stretch. This was the third consecutive weekend, by the way, the Lightning played back-to-back -back games. I don't remember that happening very often, if at all. And we did discuss early in the year with all the time off they had that they were going to have to pay their bill later on in the season, and they're doing it right now with this, the sets of back-to-backs. It started after Christmas. They had the back-to-back -back home games against Montreal and Detroit. Last weekend, they had that crazy back-to-back -back in Ottawa and Carolina, and then this past weekend, 
with the games in Philadelphia and New Jersey, and they still have another set of back-to-backs coming at the end of this week before they head into their bye week with back-to-back games at Minnesota and Winnipeg. So this is a very difficult stretch of games for Tampa Bay. And, you know, it was that first back-to-back that started on the 27th of December. Last night was their 10th game in 16 days. And it started a stretch of 13 games in 21 days. And they still have three games left to go on that schedule. Again, they're home tomorrow night against L.A. They will be at Minnesota on Thursday and then at Winnipeg on Friday. And then they're off until January 27th when they will be in Dallas. So it is a difficult stretch of games. You know, I I don't wonder if in some ways are they reserving or are they kind of holding back a little bit and playing a a, a slower-type game, a checking-type game, because even the game last night in New Jersey, again, wasn't the most exciting of games. So are you okay if they play a boring game and win one nothing? You just care about wins? I mean, I know my thought on that. What was it Al Davis used to say? You don't know, Connor? You know Al Davis is, right? Just win, baby. That was Al Davis doing his Frank Sinatra impersonation. Just win, baby. Win's a thing, especially for the team and, and the ups and downs that they have had. But what this 10-game winning streak has done is vaulted the Lightning into a very comfortable situation in the standings through 45 games played. They are now 27-14-4, 58 points. They're four points clear of Toronto, who currently hold the number three spot in the Atlantic Division. They are five spots clear of the Florida Panthers, who are not just fourth in the Atlantic, but they are the number two wildcard team sitting one point ahead of both the Flyers and the Blue Jackets. So Tampa Bay, a month ago this time, sat somewhere around the 12th spot in the conference standings to now, I mean, that's what we knew they needed to do, right? We knew that they needed at some point to get on a run to put themselves in a more comfortable position. The job is not done by any means. There's still a lot of uh, a lot of games left, 37 left on the season for the Lightning. But they have vaulted themselves up into a very comfortable situation in terms of the standings and where they're at and where we expected them to be. And how cool would it be, we're this close to it, we're getting close to it, if the Panthers, who pummeled the Maple Leafs last night 8-4, to four, if the Panthers could somehow climb into that number three spot, hold it, and the Lightning maintain their spot in the second place in the division, if we finally, finally, finally get to see a Florida-Tampa Bay 
playoff matchup? Hmm. I'd like to see it. I bet a lot of fans would love to see it because I know a lot of you guys would make the trip down to Sunrise. Be in the stands for a lot of those games. Hell, maybe I'd even be there. Not in the stands. We'd have to see how that would work out. But a lot of way, long, long way to get there. But the possibility is certainly there now. Looks a lot better than it did a, a, not too long ago. But let me get back to last night's game as I went off on a big tangent, or Saturday's game against the Flyers. Again, not the most exciting game in the world. But what was impressive was how Tampa Bay just completely smothered the Flyers. They did not let Philadelphia get through the neutral zone at all. If you ever listen to myself and Chief Bobby Taylor on the opening faceoff, we talk about this stuff a lot. Like football. And don't let Chief fool you. He's a closet football fan. He makes all kinds of football references. Just like in football, where the game is often won in the trenches, the offensive and defensive line, in hockey sometimes, that's what the neutral zone is. The team that can find their way through the middle parts of the ice better than the other usually has control of the puck more. And I think that's what the Lightning did on Saturday against the team with the best home record in the league. The Flyers entered that game with two regulation losses at home all year. Two. Six total. They went into that game with a 14-2-4 home record. Fewest regulation losses overall at home. Fewest losses total at home. Now, the Bruins also only have two regulation losses at home, but they have nine overtime or shootout losses on home ice due to Bruins. So you skate into Philadelphia, and Andre Vasilevsky wasn't tested a ton, but he was tested. The one, the one big save he made was on Travis Sanheim on a redirect in front as he has now posted back-to-back shutouts. We discussed that in his first Star of the Week honor. And then a very opportunistic Pat Maroon, after Anthony Sorelli had flipped a puck into the flyer zone, him, uh, Maroon, and Pat Nis- or Matt Niskanen sort of both went up and tried to glove the puck down, ended up dropping right in front of Maroon, who quickly pounced on it and knocked it by Carter Hart for the only goal of the game. So not the most exciting game in the world, but you got to win. And I thought the, the, the line from John Cooper sort of summed up the game best, where he said, that was a checking game, and we checked. And there was a comment. This was a very telling comment for me. And I highlighted this on my site, and we're going to talk about it right here, coming from Jacob Voracek, who has been a big part of the Flyers over the last number of years. And we've talked a lot about this process and 
learning to play the game a different way in terms of your approach to the game for the Lightning. And I think this is very tough because we can talk about it. We know what we see. We can discuss it, dissect it, break it down in video, whatever it is when we start to analyze this Lightning team. But you hear this, and I believe I mentioned this last week after the Coyotes game, where I was talking to one of the Arizona broadcasters at second intermission, and they had referenced a former NHLer watching the game saying, I've never seen the Lightning play defense like this. Former NHL are saying, I've never seen the Lightning play defense like this. And then you take that in with this comment from Jake Voracek after the game where he said, quote, they played differently than they did in the past few years. That is for sure. There was not much room out there. They were pretty patient in the neutral zone. They were waiting for us, and they have a lot of puck movement defensemen that are mobile with the puck. Every time we were dumping it in or we chipped it out, they just turned around and made the play, and then we had to back check. They played really well. There is a reason why they are the hottest team in the league right now, end quote. So now opposing teams are seeing it on the ice and commenting about it on the ice, about how this team is different in their approach to the game. And it brings me back to the 2015 Stanley Cup final where I had talked to a former player. Actually, it was a member of the Blackhawks team that won the Cup, where they that was, that was the Blackhawks' approach. They were patient. They waited. They wanted to see how the Lightning were going to play them. Once they figured out how the Lightning were going to play them, they just stayed patient and waited for their opportunities. And I think because there's a very good relationship between John Cooper and Joel Quenville, who was the Blackhawks coach at that time, now the Panthers coach, where if that's the Lightning's approach now, and based on what you're hearing from Jake Voracek, you're kind of in that thought process, at least I am, that they can be a patient team now. You know, that was a game where it's 0-0, it's, zero, zero, it's one nothing. you don't want to force it. We've talked about puck management and not forcing plays. You don't have to make a play. You've already got the lead. You just have to protect it now. That sort of approach to the game, I, I think we're really starting to see that. And then you fast forward to last night's game. A little bit of a similar situation where the Lightning had the puck a lot, didn't do a ton with it, they were credited with 20 missed shots, which is a lot for a game. Devils blocked a lot of shots as well. Still not a very exciting kind of game to watch, even though the Lightning had 61% of the puck possession. They limited the Devils to just nine shots on goal. Or, um yeah, shots on goal, nine at even strength. 23 shot attempts for the whole game at five-on-five five play. So, again, really good puck possession from the Lightning. Devils just caught some puck luck. 
Really good shot from Andy Green. And a deflection in front ends up being the difference in the game as Tyler Johnson had the only marker in that one. But another low-scoring type of game where the Lightning had chances, two in particular in the third period, to at least tie that game and maybe get it to overtime. Nikita Kucherov had an open look off a nice setup from Braden Point in the low slot. Victor Hedman had a chance off the rush. No coincidence that those two guys ended up missing the net because combined they had eight of the 20 missed shots. Kucherov had five of them. And then you had the Louis Domingue factor. Louis Domingue getting that start last night after starting the night before in Washington and picking up the win. You know Louis wanted that game big time. He hinted to it on his Instagram account. And then he had something on his Instagram account again. I don't know if he posted it last night or this morning where he said, did I hear something snap? Referencing the victory against the Lightning, snapping their 10-game winning streak. I mean, he wanted that game, and he played like he wanted that game. Not that the Lightning, I don't think, tested him quite enough. But he was definitely motivated. I think his teammates were motivated for him as well with the way things went between the Lightning and Louis earlier this year before he was traded to the Devils organization. So, again, two not very exciting games. But does excitement matter to you? Do you feel you have to be injected with some adrenaline watching games? By the way, I, I teased this on my Twitter update, but I didn't mention it here yet on the show. We do have two tickets to potentially give away, courtesy of Bob, uh, one of our loyal listeners, who cannot make it to tomorrow night's game. If you are a listener and you want to go to a game and maybe you can't get to games or maybe the tickets are too much, you just you can't find a way to get to the game... If you fall into that category, or if you know somebody who falls into that category, reach out to me. Again, find me on Twitter, at Eric underscore Erlinson, or email me, eric at lightninginsider.com, and we'll see if we can't give these tickets away to somebody that falls into that category. Reach out to me. I'll get you in touch with Bob. Bob has two tickets for tomorrow night's game. If you can attend now, goes without saying, don't be an LA fan. Be a Lightning fan. It's a Lightning station. We want Lightning fans in the stands. So, again, if you fall into that category, by all means, please reach out to me. I'd love to be able to get somebody hooked up with these tickets to be able to go to the game, courtesy of Bob. All right, let's take a break. I've once again gone on way too long. Um, when we come back, we'll talk to Corey Long. We'll get some of his thoughts on some of the stuff we just talked about uh, and maybe a few other things. So uh, Corey Long from NHL.com coming up right after this. Oh, we've got more lightning talk for you. Unbelievable. Get a heaping helping of hockey with Lightning Lunch. It's your window to wait game. On Lightning Power Play. And welcome back to this Monday edition of Lightning Lunch here, January the 13th. 45 games into the season, I am Eric Rollinson from LightningInsider.com, your host. 
And we're going to hit the phone lines right now for our good friend from NHL.com. It is Corey Long. Corey, busy weekend for Tampa Bay. Back-to-back -back games once again. Third straight weekend of back-to-back -back games. And I pose this question. one nothing victory in Philadelphia. Essentially, it was a 2-1 game last night in Jersey who hit the open net with less than a second left on the clock. Do you have to be excited by lighting hockey or are wins okay does boring hockey with wins equal anything else trump anything else well, i mean did you say they they haven't been boring this whole time i mean they scored what nine goals yeah the other night and they had then vasilevsky had his first shutout followed by his second shutout i mean uh He'll be at about what 150 minutes of a uh, game minutes of a uh, shutout time. Uh, 145. When, uh, yeah. 140. Okay. When we get to the. Uh, He's about 145 or so. End, 145. Okay. And we get to the uh, game on Tuesday night. So, um, you know, it's uh, I wouldn't say it's all boring. You know, it, it's interesting when this thing was about at six games. I, uh, I I text a little bit with uh, Dan Rosen, who knows absolutely nothing about hockey. I was actually <laughs> going through more lessons with him, and uh, you know, and you know, he, you know, you know, we're like, okay, they're they're winning. You know, they, they, at the time they weren't playing perfect. They, you know, they were. I think they were at the end of another little road swing where they were. You know, they they gave up three to Ottawa. You know, they won, but they, you know, they didn't look great, but they won. And, you know, he was just saying, you know, winning is all that matters. Winning is all that matters now. You can you can fix little things in March. You know, once you get to a spot where you feel you know comfortable where you're at. So you know, so I think it's a little bit of both. You know, yeah, you look in the standings; they're now solidly in second place in the division, which I always think is the best. I think it's the best place to be. I think second place in the division is the best place to be. You know, you're you get home ice for that first round. You're very familiar with your opponent. You know, you, you know, when you when you're first in the division, it's nice you get that wild card. But you might get that wild card from an unfamiliar opponent, you know, and you know it, it can burn you. I think there have been, you know, there, I, I I have to look up the research. I have to look up the last few years, but I feel like there have been more, if not as many, upsets from that wild card spot as there have been from that two three spot. I think a lot of it's just familiarity. Well, there were four last year. Yeah, all four last year. All four division winners were out in the first round last year. Yeah, because I just think you're. Uh, I think you know. Sometimes you just you like the comfort of that division opponent. You kind of know what they're going to bring. You got a lot of film to look at of how your team performed against them, what worked, what didn't work. You know, I mean, you know, you, when you play a wild card team, it might be from that other division. You might just have. You know, you might have played them early in the season. You might have played them twice in the first 20 games. Mm. And they've changed up everything in the past 60 games. Made trades, got new goalies, got new, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, so, yeah, so I think they're in a good spot right now. And I don't think they played boring hockey. You know, you know, I thought the game against Philly was exciting. They have, you know, offensively, they've hit a bit of a wall. Mm -hmm. uh, they've played a lot of hockey. They got three more games this week. Then they've got about, what, about 11 days off, I believe? Yep, you get the bye week. Yeah, so you get your bye week and the All-Star break uh, together. So, 
you know, I think it's a good chance. A lot of guys are going to, you know, probably skip town. You want to have a good week. Uh, things Tuesday, a game, you know, a winnable game, a game you should be able to win. Uh, you know, a tough back-to-back at the end. Uh-oh. And then, you know, the guys... Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah, no, we're kind of, you're kind of fading in and out on us there. Oh, I'm sorry. No, okay, we got you. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then, you know, after that, you have some time off. And, uh, and you know, I think that'll give a chance to really recharge the batteries. So. Yeah, uh, I think I, I pointed out, I think it's 10, they've played 10 games in 16 days since coming out of the Christmas break. Uh, by the time they yeah. get to Friday and finish off this pre bye week schedule, it'll be 13 and 21. Uh, like as I mentioned, three straight weekends of back to backs. It's going to be four if you want to count Thursday as a weekend day or a weekend game uh, this weekend, Thursday, Friday. They have played a lot of hockey. I, I think we've seen fatigue set in a little bit in terms of uh, their energy level. Uh, I think it, it was a little bit low, and I think maybe that's not a bad thing considering how well they played defense uh, and checked in these two games. You know, I, I mentioned that John yeah, Cooper yeah. had the comment after Saturday's game against Philadelphia. He said that, you know, this was a checking game and we checked. I think those are actually encouraging signs for this team that when the game gets that way, they they feel comfortable in those situations moving forward. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree 100% that they feel – a lot more comfortable in those low-scoring games, games that are going to be more defensive, more checking, that, you know, the goals are going to become a lot harder to come by. And that's what this whole, you know, that's what this new style has been preparing them for, is to be able to win a one nothing game like that, you know, knowing that there's a possibility that those sort of games happen in the postseason. There's a great possibility that they happen. And to, excuse me, to figure out how to, scratch across that one goal and then be able to hold on to it. Uh, you know, so, so, you know, I look at it like, it, you know, it's, uh, they, they, they learned, they probably, they, they, they definitely, I think they've hit a wall offensively right now. I just think they're tired. Uh, you know, it's a lot of hockey. They've skated a ton. Uh, it's back, another back-to-back on the road. It wasn't a tough back-to-back in terms of travel like the Montreal-Carolina one was. But, you know, it's still it's still a back-to-back. It's still hard, you know. Yep. They're still difficult, especially given that they play Thursday. You know, they play Thursday. You know, you really don't – they haven't have – they don't have a lot of practice time this month. That's one thing. You know, they just don't have a lot of practice time. Uh, so that's that's the areas where, you know, that that's where, you, you know, you can't really try out – you know, you can't really mess around with the lines too much. You can't – try out a couple of new and different things so they just don't have a lot of practice time right now. Yeah, they've, they've used a lot of their morning skates as a practice time and, and given the players a day off uh, just because of that. Now, they did practice Friday, but because there was no morning skate going into Saturday's game because of the, the building, actually the basketball game at Wells Fargo. Uh, so it, it is a little more difficult to work on some things. Um, but, but I think what has to be the most encouraging thing about this past week is you – they only gave up, what, four goals in four games? Right? They gave yeah, up two against Vancouver. Well, three technically, but, you know, the other one was an empty net. But four goals in four games, I think you'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, 
I mean, yeah, you, you take that every day of the week, given their ability to score. Um, you know, Vasilevsky he's really starting to play at the level that you want him to be able to play at. And this is, you know, this is the time. You know, you see, there's no doubt he's picked up his game significantly in the last, you know, couple of games. And, you know, it feels like he's starting to find a comfort level back on the ice. And, you know, that bodes well for the second half. They're going to get that sort of strong goaltending. And they're still playing good defense. And they're scrapping for the pucks. They're getting the... They're getting those, uh, you know, they're getting those, they're, they're winning those battles. They're getting those greasier goals. You know, guys really seem to be, you know, guys seem to be figuring it out. And, you know, I mean, when we had our time, we, you know, when we, when we, when we talked to Cooper and he tells us, you know, that he feels like they're playing well. And then you really have the long uh, session with Julian uh, Breeze Bois and he says that everybody felt good. So, you know, I think, you know, obviously a 10, you never can see a 10-game winning streak coming, but they saw this coming. You know, they felt like that, you know, as long as they continued to do what they were doing, that these wins were going to come, and they were going to come in a pretty good bunch. Again, we're joined by Corey Long from NHL.com. Make sure you follow him at Corey Long on Twitter. That's C-O-R-E-Y-L-O-N-G, Corey Long. Uh, Corey Alex Volkoff got the call up over the weekend. Andre Palat missed Saturday's game. They lost Pat Maroon in Saturday's game. Didn't play last night, even though Palat did return. But the first time Volkov was here, didn't see a ton from him. Didn't seem to be as involved, or you know, I, he was just kind of out there in some ways. Perhaps his biggest claim to fame was getting hit by Rasmus Ristolainen in that game in Sweden. But I, I felt like we saw a little bit of a different player over the weekend. I know a lot of people questioned why Volkov was the guy that got called up, and maybe not a guy like Alex Barry-Boulet, who's uh, an AHL All-Star this year for Syracuse. But in the two games, I, I felt he was a little more active. He wasn't afraid to shoot. Uh, he was involved in some scoring chances. I'm not sure we could have said that when he was up earlier in the year. So what did you take out of Volkov's game uh, over the weekend? I thought he was pretty active, especially in the Jersey game. Did not get a lot of ice time. Um, I think he, he, I think he had under six and a half minutes against Jersey, and uh, I think he had under maybe, I think he had under maybe um, eight minutes against uh, Philly. I'm not sure about that one uh, completely just yet. But I did, I didn't notice him when he was out there. I, I felt like he didn't have too many shifts where he just wasn't active. I actually had pretty good minutes against Philadelphia. She had over 11. Excuse me, I mean, but you know, he, when he was out there, you know, you saw him. You saw him. You know, you saw him getting, being a little physical, getting in on the plays. He gets a couple shots on goal. Like you said, he's involved in scoring chances. He seemed to, you know, be able to get down low a little bit more. He's, a, you know, he's not. He's not a small guy. Mm -hmm. By any stretch of the imagination, he's not a tiny guy. You know, he's got size. So I think he's. He, he played with his size a little bit more this time around than he did last time. You know, I think last time he was a little tentative, and that makes sense. You know, early in the season, uh, you know, you, you still haven't, you still really haven't really developed any chemistry with these guys. They're trying a new style. It's you know, it's new for everybody at that point. But you know, he's had some time down in the AHL to to, to gain comfort to, you know, get a little, you know, to understand that, you know, he's a bigger forward and, you know, he's doing some of the things that you want bigger forwards to do. 
Uh, that, that was the big noticeable changes that I just felt like, okay, he's, you know, he now realized, you know, this is a guy, he's six foot one, he's, you know, close to 200 pounds. You know, he can get down there. He can, he can be physical. He's a little tougher to move now, you know. he's He was a little grittier this time. And I think all those things kind of come together. So I think this was a good, uh, this was a good little sample size for him. I think he saw, you know, some improvements in these two games as compared to the four games that he played previously. Yeah, and, and this is the way the Lightning like to do things uh, on most occasions. They like to call a guy up, see how he handles it, give him a taste of what it is. There are exceptions to that rule. Obviously, Braden Point, one of them. Anthony Sorelli is another. Heck, even Cedric Paquette kind of falls into that category. We forget about that. But, you know, they did this with Tyler Johnson. They did it with Andre Palat the first time they got called up. They gave him a little taste, get a feel for it, go back down, work on it, understand what it takes to get back up here so the next time you come back up, you're a little bit more mentally prepared for what it is you have to do. And I, and I think that that's the case with Volkov. And he hasn't put up the numbers that I'm certainly not used to seeing from him and, and the, the crunch and the lightning in general aren't used to seeing to him. He only has two goals for the crunch this year, been banged up a little bit. But his overall game, he's got some grit to his game, as you mentioned. He's got NHL size. He's about 6'1", and close to 200 pounds. Um, I I like the way that he he played over the weekend and what he can bring. Now, what does that mean moving forward? We'll have to see. We'll see what the status of – uh, Pat Maroon is moving forward. Certainly didn't look very good with the shoulder taking the brunt into the, the boards there uh, on Saturday in Philadelphia. But uh, we, we talked about the three games coming up, L.A. tomorrow night at Minnesota, at Winnipeg. W what do you want to see out of Tampa Bay in these final three games, knowing that there's this long extended break coming for them at the end of the weekend? Uh, you know, the main thing is you want to see the fair, you know, continue and to play hard, you know, hard hockey. They're becoming a much harder team to beat. Uh, you know, last night was, you know, a combination of, of, you know, maybe a tired team. Obviously, Louis Domingue was very inspired. Yep. And, you know, they still had a ton of shot attempts. They still had a ton of good looks. They just didn't go in. And, you know, as I'm watching the game, I felt like, you know, if one of these suckers goes in, and no, no offense to Louis Domingue, but I thought if one goes in, they could get two more to go in. Yep. You know, but they just couldn't get those shots to go in. But I, I don't. But you know, I thought they played a a, a very good game. And I, you know, that's it. You know, I want to see them continue to play just good, strong hockey. Uh, you know, you, you want to see the guys continue to get rewarded. I love to see Alex Kalorna. You know, get a new career high in goals before the three. You know, he certainly is a. It will be a nice cap off to a tremendous first half of the season for him to have that happen. Um, you know, I you know you want to I want to continue to see good goaltending, uh, very good defense. Uh, guys are playing well defensively. Uh, you know, once again, you're seeing. I think we started to see the positive influence that playing with Victor Hedman has on players that aren't at his level. You know, he's, he's him and, uh, you know, you and I both think, oh, you know, I'm not sure how, you know, this pairing with him and Ruta is going to work, but there's no doubt that Ruta is absolutely playing, you know, stepped up his game considerably. And, you know, and to me, I completely credit, you know, Hedman for that, you know, and his ability to just, you know, make guys better on the ice, you know, as he's done in the past with, with several players. 
So, you know, the, the things that you want to see, the things that I felt like that we saw more on the back end of this 10-game winning streak than the front end when I thought they were really just, they, they you know, they were really just tough. You know, they're playing some, they have, for the most part, have played really well in the third period, too. Yes. I mean, they're playing some really good third-period hockey. So, you know, those are the things you want to continue to see. It's just them playing well in the third, being tough to beat, playing good defensively, you know, continuing to get those tough goals, showing that, you know, that there, that there's a lot more dimensions to this team than people uh, thought. Yeah, tough games coming up. Um, I know the Kings are down in the standings. They play hard. They're similar to New Jersey. You can't take them for granted just because of where they're at in the standings. I did fail to mention that the the Devils did knock off the Capitals on Saturday night. They've also beaten the Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes here of late as well. So the Kings are, are uh, a difficult team to play against, even though the Lightning have had success against in the last couple of years. They head to a building they haven't had a whole lot of success in, in XL Energy Center in Minnesota, before closing it out on Thursday against the Winnipeg Jets. Corey, as always, we appreciate your time, appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll catch up with you at the rink on Tuesday. Absolutely. You take care. Easy. You have a good one. All right. It's our good friend Corey Long from NHL.com. Uh, that's where you can find his work. Uh, as well as make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Corey Long, C-O-R-E-Y-L-O-N-G. And just to give you a, an idea of who Corey is, uh, before he came on the air, I asked him who was winning the NCAA title game tonight. He said the Tigers. And kind of just left it at that. So, um, Although he did say he, he thinks that the, the Death Valley Tigers are going to win. So uh, That's both of them, though, isn't it? Isn't that both of them, too? I don't, I'm not really big on college football, but... Okay, what's what do they call a Clemson? Isn't there something Valley at Clemson too? No. Okay. I, again, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, cause there's like this, the rock that they touch. Anyway, uh, I digress. Valley of Death. I, well, so it's close. I'm not. <laughs> I was, I was in the right range there. So, um, all right. Well, let's take our final break here. Uh, you are listening to Lightning Lunch on Lightning Power Play. We'll get to some comments and questions um, that have come in and touch on a few things uh, as we get set for tomorrow night's game against the LA Kings. So stick around. We'll be back right after this. Can't get enough lightning talk? Log on to lightninginsider.com for more puck pontification. Oh, if, 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 uh, if, if, uh, if, if, yeah, if we, if. oh, if, oh, look, it's quite simple. More lightning lunch with Eric Erlinson on lightning power play. All right, welcome back to this final segment on this Monday, January the 13th of Lightning Lunch. I am Eric Rowlandson, your host from lightninginsider.com. Don't forget Greg Lanelli comes your way at 6 o'clock tonight with Lightning Power Play Live. His normal Monday guest is Patrick Williams from NHL.com and EliteProspects.com. He covers the American Hockey League, so he always has some really good insight to what's going on down there as well as what's going on with the Syracuse Crunch as well. I uh, want to let you know also that with the bye week coming up next week, we'll have a little bit of a different schedule. We don't have everything finalized quite yet, but you can expect if you caught us last year, 
some special programming that we called Power Lunch last year, myself and Greg Lanelli hosting a couple of shows that will run throughout the week. Uh, so a little bit of a different format, uh, still the same airtimes uh, with the shows, so they'll still be programming here at noon, but uh, you'll get a little treat. Uh, we've got some special guests lined up. We're trying to line up one or two more that we hope to have on the show. Um, can't tell you who they are yet, but uh, we are working towards that. So look for that next week as the Lightning hit their bye week. Uh, again, they will play in Winnipeg on Friday, and they won't play again. Their next game after that is actually two weeks from today. They will be in Dallas to kick off a four-game road trip that will take them out to California. So it's going to be some late-night hockey coming up when they come out of the break. Uh, but again, three more games this week off. You get All-Star Weekend in St. Louis next weekend. Again, that's Friday and Saturday. Typically those have been Saturday, Sunday, but the skills competition will take place on Friday night. The game itself will be Saturday afternoon in St. Louis. Uh, Victor Hedman is the lone Lightning representative going to the game, and I'm okay with that. I know we like to see our players from a fan standpoint be involved in that game, and that's why the NHL makes sure that every team is represented in the All-Star game, and it's a trickier challenge nowadays because with this three-on-three -three format, there's only 11 uh, skaters, Three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven total from each division. Eleven from each division. And the Atlantic division has eight teams. It's and there's good players in this division. I mean, Brad Marchand, who's top I think he's top five in scoring, isn't even not only is he not going to the game, he wasn't even on the ballot as the next man in. Uh that went to Mitch Marner from the Atlantic division. He was voted in as the next man in. But I I'm okay, to be honest with you, of Players not going to the All-Star game. I I'm okay with it. It's less travel. Not that the game is taxing in any way. It's it's not a frantic three-on-three -three situation. But I'm okay with them not e extending themselves. You know, especially last year. The game was in San Jose. That's a long way for players from the East Coast to go play an All-Star game and then have to turn around. Like the Lightning, in, in this case, the All-Star game is on Saturday. They, they're they back in action two days later in Dallas. I mean, you got to jump right back into it. And, of course, the bye week also dictates that the teams are off for five days. There are no team activities for five days. So what you're going to see with Tampa Bay is they'll return from Winnipeg, and they'll be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I believe, or it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Either way, it's five consecutive days they have to have off mandated by the CBA. So they can't even get back to practice until um, just before they will leave for that four-game road trip against the Dallas Stars that will also take them to L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose before they finally, finally return home because after tomorrow, the next home game won't be until February the 4th. 
That'll be against the Vegas Golden Knights. As they, you get a long run of games here against Western Conference opponents, that starts tomorrow against L.A. And I'm just... Yeah, this is the this is the lighting schedule. So they'll be off. There are five mandated days off. Go from the 18th, that's a Saturday, until the 22nd. Then you have All-Star Week. And then they will actually gather and head to Dallas and then practice in Dallas on Sunday the 26th before they face the Stars the next day. So that's a long period of time off. Yeah, I'm good. Was it making a noise? No. Okay. Um, and, and ticks. It just. It just. You know. Not spasms. Just. You know. Uh, so again, they will be the 26th is when they return to practice, and then head out west. Uh, again, I mentioned a, a number of games coming up against the Western Conference. Uh, starts tomorrow against L.A. Then you have Minnesota, Winnipeg, Dallas, L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose to close out that West Coast trip. They return home to face Vegas. So that's a, a pretty extended run. If I can do the quick math in my head, seven consecutive games against Western Conference opponents coming up. So a big test for the Lightning. So one thing about this schedule, you know, we mentioned all the back-to-backs. We've mentioned... Um, the gap in games, well, guess what? They still haven't gone out west yet. They haven't gone any further west than St. Louis at this point. So you still have the Western Canadian trip, which will take them through Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary. They'll take care of Winnipeg this week and Minnesota. You have the West Coast trip, which includes the California teams, and in this case, a group in Dallas on that. But they still also have road games in Arizona, Vegas, and Colorado. So, uh, again, not an easy schedule to close out the second half of the year. That's why this 10-game uh, run to put them in this position was uh, pretty important for Tampa Bay. All right, real quick, um, Rossi sent in a question. We talked about Alex Volkov. Uh, his comment, I like Volkov's play in the last few games. Do you think he will stay a little bit longer? Again, we're going to have to see on that. Um, Pat Maroon's health is going to say a lot about it. Interesting, the Lightning continue to just carry the 12 forwards. Luke Shen has been a healthy scratch uh, for a good part of the last month. Hasn't seen a whole lot of action. Um, but they do have him around. Again, if, if you miss it on Friday, he did practice as a forward. So maybe that's in the back of their, uh, the Lightning's mind in a pinch if it, ha if it does come to that. We'll be curious to see as they head out west when they come back from this trip how many they carry. It's a little bit easier to get players down here to Tampa Bay as opposed to trying to get them out to the west coast in a pinch. But we'll have to see how things play out with that. But I, I've liked, I liked Volkov's game over the weekend. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think he looked different than he certainly did from his first stint up back in October uh, and into November. So, uh, again, you want to see where these players are. I mentioned this before. Volkoff is in his third year now. You have to get a feel as well for if he can play at this level. He's up for contract, coming out of his entry-level deal. You have to make these decisions, you know, and uh, – 
plenty of people have asked, including my son, well, what about Alex, Alex Barry Belay? Well, Barry Belay's in year two. You still have time to evaluate and see where he might be at the NHL level. But, but you want to get a look at these guys who are up for contract at the end of the year. All right, that is going to wrap up today's show. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for tuning in, all the activities. Again, we have tickets to give away from Bob. You can still reach out to me on Twitter, email me, whatever it is. This show replays um, at 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock tonight, again at 11 o'clock. So if you missed part of it, if you just tuned in late, you can still catch the replay. So if you want the tickets, if you know somebody who might be willing to have the opportunity to come to a game, reach out to me. We'll see if we can hook, hook you up with Bob. All right, thanks to Corey Long from NHL.com for joining us and giving him his insight as he does uh, on a uh, semi-regular basis here on the show. Thanks, as always, to Connor Zielinski for putting it all together and making it sound good. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully I'll have John Rosen from L.A. Kings on the show. So until tomorrow, bye-bye, everybody.